Hello, this is Pastor Doug with My Father's Trumpet, and we're here to blow the trumpet today to the glory of the Lord. I'm going to share a little about why I do it. I was uh, coming up on Rosh Hashanah uh, a couple years ago, and uh, my father had left me a trumpet, and I was sitting there, um, and the Lord told me, pick up the trumpet and blow it. And I said, okay. And about, I blew it. And about a few minutes later, uh, my church called me. I don't have a congregation of my own, but one that I attend. And they said, we want you to do the call of worship Sunday morning, which is just, you know, you get up, you share a little Bible verse. And I said, okay, but I didn't tell them that the Lord had told me to blow the trumpets. <laughs> so I showed up with my trumpet and I blew it. And I, I had a vision uh, before that, that when I blew the trumpet, uh, people would be delivered and set free. And that's why I blow the trumpet. There are about 70 trumpets mentioned in the Bible. Uh, I think about 40 of them are shofars, they're ram's horns. Most of you are familiar with the shofar. Many people blow shofars during worship or at events now. And the rest were all uh, metal, silver of some kinds, probably bronze even. I think there's a gold one mentioned. Um, but there, uh, I don't think God is concerned about what the trumpet is made of, but that the trumpet is blown. You'll hear when I blow it a long blast, the first blast. And it is first a call to battle. It is a, a call to muster. Uh, if you go to a reenactment of say, the Revolutionary War, you'll hear the soldiers yell, muster, muster, and that means they run together, they get their guns, they get loaded, and they get ready for battle. Um, it's a call to muster. It's a call to gather and a, and a call to war or defense. The second part you'll hear, especially when people blow the shofar at the Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah, any of that that you might hear of or be involved in, you'll hear a broken blast. It's a long but broken blast. And what that represents is our brokenness before the Lord, that we come to the Lord in brokenness and repentance and receive his forgiveness and his mercy. So the second blast is generally one of repentance. And then you'll hear another third long blast. And that blast is one of victory one of announcement of the coming of the king. It is promised in the Bible that there will be a trumpet blast and the Lord will descend, the Lord will return. And so we are all hoping to hear the trumpet to muster, the trumpet of brokenness, and the trumpet of victory that comes with that. thinking about a young man who, uh, at about 18, committed suicide a few days ago. This was a, a boy who was, uh, when he was younger, was active in our church, was in my Sunday school, was at my home, was friends of my boys, uh, helped decorate the Christmas tree, we prayed together, we uh, studied scripture together, etc. He had a difficult time. He had... Um, emotional issues, and uh, 
thought those were, were thought it would grow out of them, basically. Um, but I begin to, a lot of emotions go on when someone close to you commits suicide. And uh, one of the emotions is anger, and, and, uh, and then you wonder why. And I am not a person who subscribes to the people that say the scripture says if you take your own life, you surely lose it. I, I believe that to be true. However, I believe God has mercy uh, for people who are deceived into suicide um, because it is an evil uh, spirit. It is the devil who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And uh, But it takes an enormous uh, lack of faith, I think, because you come to a place where you just don't think God can fix the situation you're in or that things will get better. And I was questioning how he could think that, um, you know. Uh, and then the Lord took me back to me at 17. I was a senior in high school. I was working hard, passing my classes, but I also worked two jobs. I owned two cars. I loved cars. Uh, and things were going really good but I was extremely lonely, and I felt very empty. And I drove out one night. I remember I had a, a sporty AMC Hornet X, and I drove it out into a field in way outside of Plano, Texas. Now, there are, there are, there are boring places in the world, but Plano, Texas is about then as boring as you could get. Um, I also once lived in normal Illinois, so there's just not a whole lot there. Um, but I drove out into that field, and I yelled at God. And when I say I yelled out, you know, and the Bible talks about people crying out to God. I don't know if you've ever cried out. But I yelled, I screamed at God. And from everything in me, I screamed, if you are real, show yourself to me show me. I just screamed, show me. And, you know, I was miles from anyone. There was a neighborhood a while, maybe half a mile off. You could hear dogs barking because I was making some noise. I was out in the field under the big Texas sky in the middle of the night, standing in dirt, screaming at God to show me. I was that hurt and that empty and even had written in my mind, had written suicide notes and that kind of stuff. And then I realized I was, at one time, that destitute. And so I could understand what it was like to feel like I needed God to show himself. And I always like to tell this, I always, you know, when I tell this to young people, I said, and you know what happened? And they all look at me and I, and I just say, nothing. Absolutely nothing happened. I, I wept and I got back in my car and Went home, went to work the next day, and school the next day, just like I always did. But I did it more than once, uh, probably two or three times. I went out there and screamed at God. I wanted to, I wanted Him to be real. I wanted Him. I wanted to know Him. I wanted to feel Him. I wanted to be part of Him. I wanted to know, like other people I knew knew, but I didn't seem to know. Did I know Jesus? And I know some of you might be there now. You might go, yeah, nothing's going right. Nothing's going to come out. Nothing's going to come of this. Why hasn't God moved on this 
And why hasn't, uh, why hasn't he delivered me from this? I don't know. I don't know all the answers. I didn't know the answers then. I can tell you that was not long after that, uh, someone shared with me the gospel again, and I prayed again to receive Jesus. And I wish I could say everything went well, but things just got worse. I got more into recreational drugs and in more difficult situations. But then three years later, I decided to, to make some changes myself. And I threw the drugs out and I joined a church. Uh, didn't look perfect, but I just I wanted to be somewhere. A friend of mine told me, that church down the street, they've got a ranch you can ride horses on. And they have a softball team, and I wanted to play softball. So I said, okay, we'll go there. And I walked in and never found the softball team. They didn't own a ranch, but I got baptized as a believer. And a spiritual enabling came along with that. Um, my testimony was out and that I was going to follow Jesus. And um, I had been already a witness to others and was told that. They took me aside and asked me diagnostic questions, which I know now, and you've probably had, you know, if, if, if you were to die, uh, why should, you know, and you come to the gates, why should they let you in? And I said, well, I have a simple answer. They shouldn't. They shouldn't let me in. I'm a sinner. I have fallen short. And the wages is death. But that's the mercy of God. That's the grace of God. It's a free gift that comes to those who will receive him, to those who will ask him. And it's by faith and not of works. And, and they said, yeah, you, you got that right. The other guy I was with told a story about stealing a motorcycle and how God wanted to have it. And we, didn't, we couldn't quite figure that out. But anyway, I know people can get empty. I know they can be in despair. I know they can hurt. And, and I know a family that's hurting now. And, and I'm hurting over the loss of this young man with so much promise. Um, and I can tell you, and somehow we'll attach to this, talk to somebody. Talk to a pastor. Talk to somebody who knows Jesus. Talk to somebody, a school teacher, a counselor, um, and even you adults that, that you feel there's no way out. God knows the way out. He knows how he, he can and he will fix things. And I can guarantee you things can change. And I can thank him now. I know his presence. I know his reality. I know the power of God now throwing in and through my lives that I longed for at 17. I now have it. And I have him and he has me. And I'm never alone in that. So I said all that to say this. Trust the Lord and not yourself. Don't trust your mind. Don't trust your heart. Uh, the, the heart is deceitful above all things, the Bible says. Your mind will talk you out of it. Trust the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank you.